This is Stanley Davis from Missouri Scorchers. This is Jordan Johnson out of Glasgow Rocks. My name is Aaron Anderson from the Sheffield Sharks. This is Brandon Peel of the Newcastle Eagles. This is Andreas Kapoulas, head coach of the Bristol Flyers. This is Lorenzo Gugini of the London Lions, and you are now listening. 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 And you are now listening to the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. To the BBL Show. Welcome to the second annual International Women's Day event hosted by British Basketball and powered by the BBL Show. So we are excited. We remind everyone to check out last week's podcast where we had some of our guests right here now today sharing some of those thoughts to get us started. Drew, would you like to do the introductions? Yes, absolutely, indeed. And like Jay mentioned, this is our second annual um, International Women's Day panel, something that we're really proud of as a show, because one thing that we try to be it, that we aim for is being very inclusive. And so we understand that there are a lot of women around the BBL basketball England who play significant roles to make this league go. So we have a panelist of four, including our moderator, but starting off with Jordana Barlett statistician from Manchester. We also have Rebecca Orleans, who is a university-based administrator who supports researchers on their projects and also is a FIBA qualified table official, including the BBL and WBBL. Also, we have Jade Butters from Stockport, who is a player coach for Stockport Lap, uh, Lap Wings. Uh, a referee for NBA, NBA one, two, and three, and also a managing director of the Female Basketball Association. Last but not least on our panel, we have London Lions point guard star Kennedy Leonard coming from the University of Colorado. Um, to lead these, this, this great panel of guests, we have our moderator, Yvonne Harris, who is also co-founder of 21 Media and also the BBL show correspondent. So, we hope you guys enjoy uh, the message today and are very inspired to what these women have to share. I'm already excited, Jay and Drew. So um, thanks to all of our panelists for being here today to help us get a jump start on International Women's Day, which is actually tomorrow. It's March 8th, um, but what better way to lead into it than to spend some time with this amazing and inspirational panel. For those that may be new to International Women's Day, um, this is a day that's celebrated across the world um, where we honor and recognize the social, economic, cultural, and political achievements of women. It serves as a prompt for us to remember our, collectively, our collective responsibility to advocate for women's equality. And this year's theme is Break the Bias. Um, and this serves as a call to action for all of us to stand up to bias and then to reflect on our own biases and learn how to manage and mitigate them so that we are able to um, improve our relationships and obviously to change the trajectory of our career and our hopes, dreams, aspirations. So what we're hoping for today is just advice lessons um, from everyone on our panel um, that can be shared with those who are with us today and in perpetuity to those who um, glean from this podcast um, when they hear it later. Maybe even tomorrow, a lot of people listen because it's International Women's Day. 
So we ask that um, you guys just be honest, be transparent. There's nothing that's off the table. Um, something that you say today will help someone um, who's listening. So I just want to start off by saying, um, in light of the accomplishments that women are currently making, why do we even need to continue to celebrate International Women's Day? Why is it still relevant? Um, would anyone like to jump in? Rebecca? Um, I think there's still quite a large gap between men and women, be it gender pay gap, the differences that people see between women. So today in Birmingham, for the first time ever, um, a black female was appointed an MP for one of the areas in Birmingham. That's major, that is major. And why isn't that not happening enough? Why is this in 2022, the first time that it's happened? We need to be talking about it and making sure people know. Absolutely. So um, some people may ask, you know, why is the pay issue still an important issue? Well, if you have a wife, um, if you have a mother, if you have a sister, if you know someone who is a woman, you know someone who's being impacted by not receiving equal or equitable pay. So Rebecca, some of it's just brass tacks and we have to start at the base foundation of pay issues. So thank you for leading with that. Kennedy, anything you'd like to add? Why are we still talking about International Women's Day? Um, for me, I think that if we stop talking about it, then all of like, the previous work that's been done towards it becomes like unimportant. And I think that the people who have come before us and um, sacrificed things before us, if we don't honor them and what they've done for us, then that's not right on our part as women and as leaders and as people that are looked up to um, in everyday life. So I think for me, the biggest thing is just continuing to spread the word about it and not let the people's actions and sacrifices of our past just become something that's forgotten and instead just shedding light on those at every opportunity that we have. Absolutely. Well said. Jade, would love to hear from you. I think it, you know, I'm just echoing the other two girls here, and there's still massive inequalities for women um, all across the world, and people are fighting to protect and support women, you know, as we speak, not just in the UK, but, but everywhere. So it's really important that people take the time to acknowledge the achievements of not just women, but all people, any race, religion, sex, um, sexual orientation, all of that is very, very important. Mm -hmm. Yes, completely agreed. Jordana, would love to hear your voice as well. We can't hear you. Let's see. Try it again. No. Just work on your sound. We're going to come back to you. I know you have a lot to share. Um, while she's working through that, um, Rebecca, let me come back to you, if I may. And um, I want to talk about the theme of break the bias, which is the theme of International Women's Day this year. Share with us a time that you encountered bias and what you did to overcome it. Um, for me, there's a multifaceted amount of things for being a black 
female with dyslexia and being five foot one and a half. Mm-hmm. So being underaged, um, and when we spoke before, I mentioned that I'm, I'm nearly 50 years old. Um, and people make a perception that if you look a certain way, you don't know certain things. So if you look young and that bias of looking young, people think, oh, well, she doesn't know anything or she can't sit there or I'm just going to be rude to her because she looks young. Mm-hmm. No. So I've had to stand up. I've got to have my own self-belief and believe that I'm six foot in my head. It only becomes a problem when I go to reach for the top shelf in the supermarket. But I've got to have as much self-belief and positivity in myself and not listen to what pe- other people say about me in order to break those biases and know that I'm good. I'm good at things and what I'm good at can help others. Well, and I love um, how you drew attention to the fact that oftentimes when we think of bias, we think of race and we think of gender, Um, but there's bias as it relates to height. Um, There's bias as it relates to age, weight, you name it. And I mean, all of you are in an industry where height means a lot. Um, Maybe someone who's listening, who's a tax accountant, height doesn't mean as much. But in your world, in your space, it means a lot. So Rebecca, I imagine at 5'1", you're very different than many that you interact with on a daily basis. Definitely. But there was one thing that I just needed to mention. Um, I was watching one of Kennedy's games at the um, at Crystal Palace a few um, last week, and there was a problem with the ring. And a couple of your colleagues, your teammates, picked you up in order to work together and fix the ring for me that's powerful together they work together they built the height and fixed the problem mm-hmm. they overcame the issue absolutely yeah. great example Kennedy do you remember what she's talking about yeah I remember um something like we had made I guess a lot of shots and warm-ups and like the little loop of one of the net strings had come off and Crystal Palace, I don't know if you know, there's a lot going on in there. So we couldn't get somebody to come fix it. And tip off was supposed to have already happened. And so I was like, I've fixed the the net before at a few of our other games. And so I just said to Z and Chance, I was like, come on, let's just go fix it so we can get the game started and get out of here. Because the longer we wait, it's just going to get more boring and pushed off. So yeah, we just ran over really quick to the rim and they just like lifted me up and I fixed it. And then we started the game. Sounds great. I like that. Yeah. Well, Kennedy, while we're with you, what about biases that you faced um, either, you know, in your college days or in your playing career? What's shown up for you? Um, yeah, mine has to be more with basketball. So my family just moved to Colorado um, and we started going to a new rec center. And if I don't know how many people have been to a rec center and went to play like basketball, but there's always guys there playing pickup and whatnot. So um, the first time I was there, I walked in and they picked teams. So like one guy's a team captain and another guy's a team captain. And I'm always the only girl there, which is fine. I'm used to it by now being a basketball player and whatnot. But um, obviously they're picking teams or whatever. And I was picked last. And so I'm like, oh, these people have no idea like what, what, who to pick, like that kind of thing. And just because they see me as a girl, they're mm-hmm. going to pick me last, which fine, pick me last. But that was the last time that anybody ever probably will pick me last in a, in a pickup game now from now on I've 
at that gym, I've been like the team captain every time. So it just goes to show that not necessarily like they, they predetermined who and what I was based on the fact that I walked in there as a girl and was like, Oh, I'll play, you know, just like another person just coming to play and they had no kind of respect for it. So I think at the end of the day, like we've all kind of said, you kind of have to prove it to people. And although you don't like, we shouldn't have to, we do. And that's just the way of the world. So I think, um, for all of us, just our ability to continue proving ourselves to people is incredible because we don't give up and, and we keep pushing through even when things get old or get tiring or, oh, it's, a, it's another day of the same old, same old. We kind of keep going. We keep our head down and we keep going to work. Mm-hmm. And that's simply how you overcome in most cases, right? The bias is not yeah. even yours to manage. It's not yours to mitigate. You just show up and do you yeah. and let the other person learn the lesson. So yeah, I love exactly. how you spelled that out. Jordana, can we hear you now? No, we can't. Okay, I'm believing your sound is going to come on. So just keep hanging in there with us. We're going to make this happen. Jade, what about you? Times that you encountered bias and what you did to overcome it? And obviously there's been loads of occasions, but some that spring to mind is when I used to play on my older basketball team, um, let's say eight years ago. And at the time, men and women trained at the same time, eight or 10. And every single week they trained on the show court and we trained on the side court. And every week at the weekend, we played on the show court, but never, never trained on it. And we challenged it at the time being young females saying, why do they always get that court? And it was just because they do. And that was the only other response we ever got. And we never got any success at training on that court. And um, I've just recently set up the Female Basketball Association, which is a league on a Monday night. I went to a few venues to try and get some time slots. Every single time slot is taken by a man's league. And even at the local basketball centre, they only allow three time slots for the female league to actually take part. So that means it's always going to be restricted to six teams. So they're never going to try and develop that league into anything more because they cannot give the time where there's 21 time slots in a night. So you're saying six are taken by females and the rest are taken by males. Another little thing, um, I read the, the referee FIBA rule manual and halfway through it, I started to recognise that it was all him, he, every single bit. And I thought, how is this in 2021 when I read it? still the case why has someone not come along and made themselves accountable and changed that to them and then I think that's just real real simple things to do and um, what I would give advice to people is to speak out more especially if it's organizational and make people accountable for what they're sort of doing within their, the, the basketball field for both genders to try and make it more equal because I really don't think people are doing enough mm-hmm. And even if you recognize it, Jade, it's important to articulate through your language, just what you're saying, the speech to say, hey, I recognize him, her, or they, them, or whatever um, is appropriate for that situation. I want to stay with you for a moment, though, because basically, if you have a brain, you have bias. So we all have them. And Jade, what have you recognized about yourself and your leadership style? Maybe some blind spots or some spaces where you had bias and you had to work through it. Oh, that's a tricky one. I can't think off the top of my head when I've been biased. Um, I'm, a, I'm a teacher. I, I, 
I am a, I'm a teacher and this is quite interesting. So um, I started to do some referee level one courses across Manchester and go into schools and get uh, pupils involved and teachers involved to upskill them. And my um, request is for them to have participants to take part in that level one. And out of eight schools that I did it to, seven chose all boys to do the participation bit. So young year, seven and eights, uh, without realizing one school gave me girls. And then um, on the, the back foot of that, out of all of the participants, only one female referee was given to me as a pupil. All the rest are male. So I think it's this, the, the unconscious bias, I've probably gone off topic just slightly there, but the unconscious bias of, you know, even teachers still giving more opportunities to males all of the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I know there's a lot of research that's come out in recent years about bias in that regard and how it starts really young, you know, like you mentioned, um, very early on in terms of how men or young boys and young girls are socialized. Yeah, Um, I think in my terms of bias, I'd probably say the term all men and I always say all women and that's something we should never do really. We should just talk about people as individuals and not as a collective group. Completely agreed, yes. Jordana. Hello. Yes, (laughs) (laughs) we can hear you. Um, Obviously, you're welcome to join in. Um, We're checking in now for our own personal biases that we've learned about ourselves and how we've managed them. I'm not sure if there's something you want to add or if you want me to catch you up on the next round. Catch me up on the next round. (laughs) Okay, we'll do that. But we know your your sound is working. So Kennedy, you talked about encountering bias, but you're human, right? What have you learned about yourself in terms of your biases that you've had to manage? Um, I think this is like a, could be a tricky question because obviously we all have biases. Like you said, every day we deal with different things and we have biases and probably we all hate to admit that we do have biases because we think it's probably not the best thing to have. But at the end of the day, I think biases are, are really like um, assuming Like we all make assumptions about people before we meet them, before we know them. We listen to other people's assumptions of people and we take that as that person or what we know them to be from other people. So I think the biggest thing for me is that I I often, when I hear about somebody, I hear about that person through somebody else. And then I form my opinions based on those person's opinions. Um, And so I've been trying to more recently form my own opinions and my own assumptions about people, regardless of what I've heard about them or what other people have said about them. And I think that's important because oftentimes we we do, we put people into categories or we put people into certain specific things that maybe they don't fit into, but we do that because we've heard that, that they're this way or that they're that way. But I think at the end of the day, if we can create something where we create our own identities for different people and what they do and, and who they are, then that, that can kind of slow the role of people just telling you who people are. And so I think, like you said, it's, it is a tricky question and it's a hard to think, oh, I have biases, but like you said, we all do. So what's the best way to combat those biases, I think is the biggest kind of thing to take away from this. Wait, you're muted. Yeah, you're muted. I appreciate your refreshing honesty. And the key thing to remember is that biases um, are really just shortcuts that your brain um, has um, physiologically to keep you safe. Okay, so um, oftentimes, though, when they remain unchecked, 
there's just shortcuts that your brain creates to help you navigate through life, whether it's a safety issue or not. So Kennedy, what may have happened is you're just receiving data points, right? And you're receiving data about people, you were capturing that data, and then out of quickness, out of shortcut, using that data to navigate a new relationship. But you caught yourself and said, let me form my own opinion. Let me gather my own data points. And that's all to speak to um, the beauty in mitigating your bias. Um, it makes you more effective as a leader and then in your relationships. So thank you for sharing that. Rebecca, what about you? Biases that have shown up for you and you just said, I've got to check this and work through this. Um, I would say having friends that are parents and the fact that you can assume because somebody's a parent, that's all they are, rather than they are actually a person with their own mind, their own skills, their own likes and dislikes. So, you know, remembering once someone becomes a parent, they still might want to go out and party or go for afternoon tea or do whatever or come to a game without their children or with their children. And that's one of the biggest biases that I've had to overcome and be mindful of, but also being, having to sit with that, being uncomfortable with those biases and the fact that, you know, in order to deal with them, you're gonna be uncomfortable. Therefore, you know, if someone brings up a conversation, say about menopause, for instance, oh, don't wanna be talking about that. But again, if you've got women in your life, it's going to come to them at some point. So being uncomfortable is something that I've had to deal with a lot. So I love that, Rebecca. So let's test that theory. Are there any parents on the line who still like to party? Drew and Jay, you can chime in too, your allies for the discussion. <laughs> I'm not a parent yet. <laughs> I think, Rebecca, there are some parents that still do like to party. Yes. Yeah, no, I'll just jump in real quick. I think that's a that's a good point you bring up, Becky, about um, in particular with parents, because I see it. I don't I wouldn't say that it, it affects me, um, but definitely I see it with my wife uh, now that we have two children. And it's almost kind of like um, she she doesn't ever say this, but it seems like she's boxed in um, as being a parent. And obviously she takes care of our household. And I think I saw that more before she got her own career. That's why I think it's really important what you said about women having their own skills. Um, well, not women, you said parents having their own skills, but I'm speaking about women in particular, because that's one thing that we kind of struggled with. In particular, when we moved up here to Newcastle because it was tough for her to kind of find her own identity. Um, you know, she was just known as, as, as my, as my wife. And then obviously once, once we have kids now, the same thing kind of applies, but now that she has her own career, I think it's important for any parent out there. And, and sometimes I really try to try to try to make an emphasis on, you know, I'll stay with the kids. You go out, whether my wife didn't like the party like that, but just going out and doing things that you love and enjoy. So it's not just me that's just um, out there being in, being able to enjoy life because it is completely different once you become a parent. Mm -hmm. But I like Drew how you called out though that there's a gender difference, right? So men and women can be parents, but sometimes um, the bias 
or the negative perception follows more of the mom than the dad. And even from a career perspective, Rebecca can sometimes show up in the space of, oh, well, she's a mom now. She doesn't want to work late or she doesn't want to be on the promotion track or she doesn't want to travel anymore. Whereas the same assumption may not be made of the new dad. So, yeah, yes, Georgiana, thank you. I went to the Paralympics in 2016. I am ended up getting pregnant and having a son in 2017 and when he was about eight months old I decided to go back to GB and it was kind of looked at as if like oh you're now a mum you can't really do it and we're not going to support you and that was to go back representing the national team it was well we want you back kind of but we don't want the child involved and it was they wouldn't accept that I had a child and they didn't want to separate they wanted to separate us they didn't want him to be around or it's not oh you can't attend because you've got no child care or the baby's ill or anything so um at that point then I just decided that well if you're not going to support me in having a child and having a family then then that's it I'm gone and that's what happened I think it's an issue for players as well. Like they have a child and then find it very difficult to get to the local league. I mean, I'd love to set something up where there's, you know, something alongside it, which the child could get dropped off and they could still continue with their own sport. I don't think there is enough facilities to support women when they've got children, if they want to go back into career or back into playing or refing or whatever it might be that they do. Yeah, I was just going to jump in. I actually have a teammate who is a, a mom, um, Joe Leadham Warner. I don't know if any of you know her, but she's an Olympian and a, yeah, an incredible person, an incredible player, but she's also an incredible mom. And so for all of us, it's been cool this year to kind of see um, how she navigates that. She's Her daughter is like going to turn one in March. So this month she'll turn one. But um, like you said, it's hard to find a place where her daughter's name is Isla where Isla can go like during practice and stuff. So essentially Joe's mom comes and watches Isla and lives with them all the time so that Joe can come to practice and Joe can play and do what Joe does. But that's an entirely different discussion. If it was a man who had a wife who, who, or whoever, a girlfriend who got pregnant and was having a kid, the guy still gets to go to practice and everybody's like, Oh, Hey, what's up, bro. You know, it's all normal. But the minute it's a woman, it's completely different. And I know for Joe having a daughter and trying to navigate that this year has been has been tough. It's a whole different world. I mean, she's in the locker rooms doing her breast pump and stuff like that. It's even, you know, we have male coaches. So when they walk in, she has to quickly put it away and stuff like that. So just the world we live in now, I think for her, she's done an amazing job showing that you can be a mother and you can be a basketball player and you can be whoever you want to be at the same time. And it, and your whole identity doesn't fall into one or the other. You can actually intermix them. And I think for every one of us on the team, it's been cool to see that because hopefully that's all in our futures as well. And this is just kind of the blueprint to do it. Well, it's important to note that, I mean, we're having this conversation in 2022. Um, so the awareness is still needed. And we don't think that any organizations are necessarily being discriminatory in their practices. We just have to normalize these things. We have to normalize lactation rooms. We have to normalize um, the need to address childcare issues. And that's why we need to continue to have these conversations until they're no longer needed. But I mean, Jordana, what you just described was just five years ago, if I heard you correctly in 2017. So we still have a lot of work to do. 
Um, Jade, I'd like to come to you, if I may, and just talk about the spirit um, and the fun of celebrating International Women's Day. And as you're, you know, getting prepared for the big day tomorrow, what women are coming to mind for you? Um, as I said last week in the podcast, a lot of people that come to my mind are players which are still playing. So I, I know I mentioned that I set up a league and out of the eight teams, I've selected people that are inspirational to me. So we've got uh, Bailey and Jones, you know, George Jones and Rianne Bailey, big players um, up in Manchester. We've got Lewis, who was the first BBL referee. Um, for a female, we've got Unsworth, who's still in that league. Um, you know, I think there's only three females in the BBL at the moment refereeing. We've got Burton uh, from Nottingham, and a brilliant coach, uh, does a lot for female basketball. Pryor, uh, Siobhan Pryor, not only a brilliant basketball player, but also getting involved in all the media and all the uh, commentary, which is good to see. And then Silcox, she's a table official up in Manchester with loads for the development. And then Naylor, again, um, a Sheffield player who's a, a, a mum that her mum does every well, does a lot for her and her daughter so she can keep playing. And, you know, as we said before, the mums are actually really inspirational. Lauren Thomas-Johnson, Helen Naylor, uh, Joe Levin, like you said, she was actually on my list. I think it's unbelievable that they're still going. And I'd love to, if I start a family, to be able to be one of those females as well. Um, and just to put three other people, um, Steph Collins does loads with the GB squad now, absolutely amazing player um, and doing a lot of coaching. Um, Hannah Shaw is doing a lot out there and uh, Vanessa Ellis and oh, I can't remember her name, what's her name now? Um, her mum, I think it's her mum. Can <laughs> someone help me out on that? Betty, Betty. There we go, Betty, yeah. They're all inspirations. And, you know, the young aspiring females coming up through the ranks new referees, you know, there's such little representation out there for women's refereeing that no wonder kids are not stepping into that role because they just don't see any females doing it. So if we can get more ex-players, females to go into that role and go into the coaching role, we'll be inspiring, you know, the new generation of females to come into that. And I think that's a real big, big thing that we need to push on in the UK. I love that your list is long, Jade, and I also love, too, the fact that you're just shining the light on so many other women, and that's what we're supposed to do, right, is to celebrate each other. Kennedy, who are you thinking of today? Um, for me, uh, obvious one is my mom. Um, honestly, like, I think everybody, if they have a, a good mom who loves and cares for them, she's your top, you know, like your top dog. She takes care of you when you're sick. She does everything for you. She does your laundry. She does this, she does that. She takes care of you. So for me, my mom is top of the list. Um, and I think as a mom, like watching her, the way that she has handled me and my two sisters and everything in between, it kind of inspires you to want to be that for somebody or, or, or your kids or whatever one day. So I think that watching that every day is pretty cool to see. And then I have two older sisters. Um, One's a lawyer and then one's in law school studying to be a lawyer. So both of them just being able to kind of break into the old white man profession, I think is something that um, I really admire about them. Um, Cause I always hear them talk about how it's a bunch of men and whenever they walk into wherever they're going, you know, the courthouse or whatever it may be, they get looked at differently because they are women. And so I think them to kind of still go ahead with their passions, regardless of, you know, what they identify as or who they are is inspiring to me. Um, and then I had a coach in high school um, who, was a woman and she basically 
helped me get to where I am today and, and kind of created a, an environment for me that I thrived in. So I appreciate her. And then I would say just my teammates as well, every day going to work with them and knowing that we're all dealing and battling with different things, but can come together for a common goal and a, and a common thing. I think that's something that I'm very like humbled by and I appreciate so much. All great. And love that you started with mom. Yeah. So always so important. Shout out to all the moms um, that are going to be listening. Um, Jordana, what about you? Who's in your heart today? Um, my mom, obviously. And um, I wouldn't be where I was without her after my accident. She's the one that drove me around and did a lot for me. Um, and then my nana that um, we sadly lost last year. And then like when I was doing my GD, when, wherever I was in the world, she would always try and get the stream working on a little iPad. Um, so supportive, really excited that I was representing the country. Never something that we ever thought that would happen. And then my first ever basketball coach, um, that took me along to all sorts of basketball games. And she got me into the coaching side of wheelchair basketball. And um, she took me to a lot of schools and special needs days and disability awareness days and just got people playing basketball. And um, yeah, I think when you see both sides of it from a young age of the coaching and the playing, you start to respect it a bit more. Yeah. So just like Kennedy, Jordana, you have um, female relatives, your mom and your Nana and your coach um, that you're celebrating today. Rebecca, what about you? Um, obviously after the podcast my list was long um, and those women still sit very dear to my heart but there's a few names that I want to add to that list um, and the first one would be Andrea who obviously is no longer with us and she set the, she was there to show what can be done as a woman in a man's world and we need to remember keep remembering her every day every day um also I want to mention Claire Hatch at the BBL um she organizes events with military precision she is great at what she does and she's really nice with it um and she helped me take those photos that I've been sharing about from the WBBL and BBL Cup um, due to Claire letting me have the opportunity to take photos on the day um, and also Carol Muir who is an amazing photographer um, she captures some amazing moments and if it wasn't for her um, the day before saying just try it just give it a go and try it then I wouldn't have asked Claire for the opportunity to take those photos. So I just wanted to add those names to my already long list. And it's okay that the list is long. It's supposed to be. <laughs> so thank you so much for um, those additions. Can I well, just quickly add? Yeah. Uh, they both mentioned the mums and I feel I've sat here and I've just accredited all the people that are in basketball. My, you know, I'm one of eight children and my mum has raised us to be able to do whatever we want and be whoever we want. And she stands by that. And she has eight really strong, very different personalities. So, yeah, I want to shout out to my mum as well and how great she is. 
Well, um, we'll try to see, Jade, if somehow we can put all it together. So it sounds like you acknowledged her first, um, but I'm sure she's glad that um, you said her name today. So thank you for that add-on. Um, but let's have a little fun if we can. And what is your International Women's Day or Woman Power theme song? I heard this the other day, actually, and it was... I thought it was very outdated with the words what it was saying, and it was actually sisters are doing it for themselves by the Arrhythmics, and I think it features Aretha Franklin. And I was thinking, like, it must have been very, really pinnacle at the time when that came out, because it really wouldn't have been the norm for, for women to go out there to go into work. And, you know, it was very much, they were in, in the house doing the cleaning, the cooking. And it just made me think, wow, we've come up, we have come a long way, you know, since since all that. So even though we are, you know, breaking the bias in 2022, you've got to see how far we have come, you know, even since that song was released, I'm presuming it was in the eighties. <laughs> I have not heard that song in ages, but I can hear it in my head right when you said it. So that's a great one. I'll have to, to go out there and find that one. Yeah. How about you, Jordana, what song is coming up for you today? And Brave by Sarah. Oh, Sarah, I'm not sure if it's Sarah or Sarah. Um, I don't really know. I just know the, the song when it comes on. And it's just talking about how um, you can be anything you want, basically. Don't let anyone stop you and just be brave. And, you know, if you want to do it, do it. Don't stop. And don't let anyone stop you. Thank you for that. Rebecca, what about you? Um. My song would be Arise and Shine by Breeze. And there's a line in it that says you can do, I had to write it down, um, do what you can with what you have. So again, the picture that I took of Drew, Fletch and um, Kieran, I shot that with really basic um, lenses that, oh, I'm not sure if this is gonna turn out, but I used what I had and took a really good photo. Um, and the lines within this um, song, I'm going to tweet it afterwards, um, just, just brings a shine to me every time I hear it. And it's a real vibe. Mm -hmm. And that's what we need. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Kennedy, what's on your playlist for International Women's Day? Um, for me, I think it'd be anything by Pink. Um, I think that Pink like does an incredible job. I watched a documentary on her on Amazon the other week and it was like, she literally does everything just for the, like her own, her own joy, not to please anybody else, not to please her fans. They all just come anyway. So I think that's a good like testament and lesson for us all that you can be what you want to be and do it unapologetically and still, you know, have the people around you that matter and that need to be there and, and people will still come. So I think for me, anything really by her is usually pretty inspiring and usually can get you like pretty fired up, especially for for the day that we have. Thank you for that. We covered the gamut in song today. So we ended with pink. And um, for those listening today, if you listen to the BBL show, you probably know that Jay and Drew are music fans too. So I'm gonna ask them to share, what's your International Women's Day theme song this year? Um, being from Houston, Texas, you know, I have to go with Beyonce. Um, but, but there's a lot of Beyonce songs that I love, but I, I love the flawless song. And just because, you know, thinking of my mom, my wife, and more importantly, 
my grandma, who I didn't mention on the podcast, who was a huge inspiration for me. I just look at those three women as, as flawless. And, I, and when I hear that song, I don't I'm not even talking about looks. It even it even um, helps me because I think it's deeper than that. It's just having that self-belief in yourself that you, that you are OK the way you are. And so, um, you know, that's one song that I love. You're more than OK the way that you are. Yes. Jay, what about you? Uh, I, I like Jade's pick. Jade's pick was great. And I've been trying to think in my head the whole time since you mentioned that there is a famous movie and I, I can't remember. I've got like Beverly Hills Cop in my head or something like that. <clears throat> and I just think that song is absolutely adequate for uh, our chat today and, and for tomorrow as well. Yeah, Jade, I think you get the gold star for it was a great pick. It was a great pick. song. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> Well, um, we have had so much fun um, this evening. I was about to say afternoon because I'm across the pond, but um, you have truly um, kicked off International Women's Day in a grand way. So I say thank you, Jordana. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you, Jade. Thank you, Kennedy. Um, keep doing all that you're doing. You're making a difference for those who are coming behind you. And um, we appreciate you. Wow, awesome. Yeah, go ahead, Jay. To Thank everyone, you. happy International Women's Day. Thank you. Thank you. First of all, as well, thank you very much, Yvonne, for coming on as well. We always love it when you come on here and, and uh, you know, help us with the flow of thoughts and things like that. Um, I think kind of in the interest of time as well, we have to kind of keep this relatively tight as we promised that we would um, for, our, uh, for our participants today, our panelists. Um, but I just had a, a, a couple of quick thoughts to share before I pass it over to Drew, just taking a few notes. And I think that that's really important is that um, the, the importance of the BBL show playing this part is that we listen, you know, that's a real key. And then we kind of take some things uh, uh, away from that side. One of the things that came to mind is obviously when Rebecca was talking about reaching for top shelves, I talked about when I um, uh, retired as a basketball player, I used to have useful, useful height. Now it's useless. So uh, the highlight of my time now is being in Sainsbury's and being asked by somebody like you to, to, to reach for something. So we make a great team, I think. So just like Azania and Kennedy, I think me and Rebecca will be just fine. Um, the other thing that I pointed out as well, I just want to thank Kennedy uh, I said on the podcast as well, um, you know, I talked about the Queens were, were in my thoughts for International Women's Day, but also Kennedy as well, because I have a young daughter and uh, I, I would like to think I can softly guide her into uh, being a baller. And I just love, I, I love kind of getting her to watch Kennedy because she has lots and lots of confidence and I think she carries that well. You know, some people say um, when she tweets out and things like that, I think it's just, I, I think it's really confident, really brave. and. Uh, I'm thankful for that. Thankful for you, Kennedy. And then I just want to say thank you so much for everybody just sharing about their biases. You know, the, one of the things that I'm trying to do here at Gloucester and the reason why we didn't lead with the BBL team and we've gone with the WBBL team is because we believe in the women's game. Like, I really do believe in the women's game. Jade, for one of the things I'm passionate about is to try and get this word mixed away from school sports. Um, so we're, we're trying to find that lane for girls. You know, I often feel like my, my own bias when I hear that mixed is I think that there's not enough girls. So we'll add them into the boys group. So hopefully we can kind of lead that change. 
So thank you very much for all of you uh, sharing your thoughts here today. It's been uh, it's been really emotional, and I and I'd like to finish passing on to Drew is Rebecca when you hit the nail on the head talking about Andrea. Oof, you 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 got me right there. She is a fantastic woman. I've known her since I was a kid. She used to scare the absolute living daylights out of me when I was younger because of the way she coached with such fear, fierceness. And I will finish with one thing that she said is she, she didn't want to be seen as a woman. She wanted to be seen as a coach. So uh, she absolutely is in my eyes. So thank you very much, Drew. Over to you. Yeah, and speaking of Andrea, I'd literally just passed over her um, clip from our show from last year. She was part of the International Women's Day podcast and she came on and it was just such a great moment because she came on here, caught us all three off guard, yeah. gave us a little, you know, she serenaded us with a little bit of a Mary J. Blige. So that's a memory that will always stick with me. And and this is something that, you know, you know, I hope that we pioneer for not only the league, but but basketball England, more people starting get, getting involved in because, you know, this is really relevant to me now, you know, listening to you ladies, all of you guys have have been an inspiration for me tonight. I've learned a lot, you know, raising a five-year-old daughter that asks me about a thousand questions every day. Um, you know, it's 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 one of those things to where, you know, I'm using you guys as, as examples that, you know, she could do anything she wants to do. You know, I don't ever put a cap on anything that she desires. So, um, you know, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, it's just been a great night. It's, it, I would just finish off by saying this um, because it's a lot of things that I'm, that I'm juggling at the moment, but I would say out of everything that I'm doing right now, the most proud moment that I have is um, spending time with the Northumbria's women's team the last month. It was a role that was thrown on my lap and I've been public about it by saying when they first threw it on my lap, I said, no. Um, just because I was like this, I don't have enough time to fit this in. But the thing that I told the girls last week that um, there's one thing that I regret and that's saying no to get with, to begin with, because it's been such an amazing experience being able to coach women. That's something that, I mean, I've coached a seventh grade girls team 11 years ago, but besides that, I haven't had the opportunity to work with women in a basketball environment and it's been one of the most amazing experiences that I'll take with me uh, for the rest of my life. So thank you all for coming on and um, spending time with us this evening. And for our guest um, participants, we appreciate you spending the evening with us. And I think we have a hand. Do we have time for a couple of questions? Um, let's see. Candace, do you have a question out there? Can you hear us, Candice? All right. So, yeah. She's on my basketball team, so I wonder. I'll ask her after. (laughs) (laughs) That was an accidental unmute. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah. Typical. Yvonne, you want to close this out? Um, 
yeah, just another note of gratitude um, for our panelists today. Um, you are welcome to come back on any time. Um, this is not a one and done conversation, something that we need to continue to talk about. Um, so we'd love to continue to learn from you and lean in with you throughout the season, throughout um, the year. And to everyone's listening, happy International Women's Day. Thank you and good night. Thanks for listening to The BBO Show. The BBO Show is a 21 media original podcast produced by Corey Mallory with your host, Jay Marriott and Drew Lasker. Keep up to date with the show by following The BBO on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, where you can find details on future episodes, events, and fan interaction. Until next time.